We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free presented by Rotoviz. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And we are doing our full slate breakdown tonight. So I am joined by my co host, Evan Cheney. You can find uh, some of his work over at Numberball. He does the NHL projections over there. And you can find him on Twitter at the hilarious handle ECheney69. What's recently? Up? But recently changed E Cheney sixty nine. Yeah, thank thank goodness <laughs> that uh, that happened. What, what's going on, man? How we doing? I'm doing fantastic. I am glad to be back doing this. I, it's been a while since we did Bogey Free. I think uh, the Open was the last time we we did this together. Yeah, yeah we uh, we we took a we took a little hiatus. I did some solo shows uh, through the end of the playoffs, and uh, yeah, we're we're back and better than ever though. We got it. We got a new format. If you've been with us, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, we appreciate you following us over to the Rotoviz feed, um, and you can uh, you can expect a, a little bit of a different format. And if you are uh, brand new, then this is all you're gonna know. So hopefully you like it. <laughs> um, yes. Hopefully, also you heard the intro episode yesterday. I kind of broke down. Uh, this what the solo pod is going to be like every week um, and as we go through today you'll get a feel for this this new format and we'll we'll figure things out as we go along so um, before we uh, before we jump into the first segment by or sell uh, just real quick we're we're not going to do the the big course course preview course intro all that good stuff this year um, but it's worth mentioning this is the Sony open and it is at Wiley Country Club like usual we have a, a ton of data um going back quite a few years for this course which is always nice it's a par 70 
that is pretty short plays about 7,000 yards. Um, if you want a, an in-depth breakdown of how the course plays, you can, uh, go over to the course preview article from last year, which is linked in the article that I put up yesterday. So, uh, make sure you check that out if you, if you want to dive in a little deeper, but, uh, Ev, what do you say? We, uh, we hit this buy or sell. Let's do it. So we got, uh, we have Justin Thomas. We have Webb Simpson. Your two highest priced guys on the slate. Justin Thomas at 12,000 is a stretch. Am I crazy for saying that? I know he's going to be highly owned. Maybe the highest owned player on the slate, but 12,000 for him. That's a lot. It, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, that's a lot for any golfer. yeah, it's pretty rare that we, that we ever see, um, <laughs> that we ever see a price get this high. Really? There are some like weak field events and, and different formats, uh, you know, short, short fields or whatever that we may see this every once in a while, but it's, slate. uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty odd to see it in a, uh, 140 plus man field, um, but yeah, so I, I get it. I know that it's scary uh, seeing the $12,000 price tag, but I think that I, I think people are sort of forgetting and maybe they're not. I feel like people are forgetting how good he is. Like he, yeah. since the start of 2017, he's won 10 events and he's missed nine out of his uh, nine cuts out of 72 worldwide events which is just stupid. Like that includes his little, you know, wrist injury last year that sort of sort of set him off a little bit. Um, over the past 50 rounds, he's top five in like every strokes gain category besides putting. Um, so if you can find, I mean, if you can find the value, I, I, I would never ever say um, that Justin Thomas is not, is not in play. Um, it's just a matter of what you're willing to give up at the at the bottom of your lineup to uh, to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not huge on some of the value plays here this week, so it's going to make Justin Thomas hard. But like, I get I get why you would want to play him. He just doesn't stand out as a guy who's going to be as dominant. It, like, he's going to take a quarter of your salary cap. But I and I don't feel like he's that dominant relative to the field to justify 25% of your cap. Like I'd rather spend 900 or less go web. And right now, I don't know what I, what you see, but web Simpson is actually going to be lower owned by a lot um, in terms yeah, of the projected ownership. Yeah. I, I am very curious. I'll do, I'll have the ownership projections up yeah. uh, tomorrow. I haven't run anything yet. I am very curious to see, sort of how that how that shakes out because I do think that there's a chance that everybody talks up, you know, both of these guys and one of them just goes like stupid under owned. Um that, but I don't know if we're gonna figure out which who it's gonna be before lock. That's the only problem. Yeah. But um I do think like even at eleven thousand one hundred that he's still a decision point. Like you could you could just avoid both of them and make really nice balanced lineups if you wanted to. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not you feel comfortable doing that, or you really feel like one of these guys has enough win equity to justify uh, playing them, which I really, I do think that Justin Thomas has that win equity, but um, I don't know. Web, Web has like the course history guys behind him. You know, he's, 
I think made nine, nine cuts at this event. He's had four straight top 15 finishes. So that is going to drive ownership a little bit. Um, but again, 11,000 is still a steep price. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. I don't think you could say like objectively, like there's no reason to not play. You can't just say that they suck. Right, well, exactly. you're not just gonna you're not just gonna sit here and be like, oh yeah, Justin Thomas doesn't fit here. Webb Simpson doesn't fit. like they do, right? And and if you if you follow a course history, then you know you're gonna say that um, they fit here because of that. And if you follow a course fit, you're gonna say they fit here because of that. So it's like they're good. They're they're good golfers, obviously. Yeah. But. So I, I think I'm going to I'm gonna try and figure out a way to get to to Thomas. Um, but I can't really make a, a strong argument for a sell on either of these guys as long as you feel comfortable with the value. Yeah, no, that that's pretty much where we stand. Yeah. All right, let's um, let's talk about some of these other guys here. So we have we have Decky at ten five. Uh, we have Joaquin the Dream Neiman at ninety three hundred. Um, so yeah, let, let's talk about those guys for a second. Yeah, I mean, we're let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna try something a little bit different here uh, this this year. We're actually gonna track these. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it while we're while we're recording, and we're gonna keep track. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of over under with some of these like mid like 10k guys down to like the 9k range. We're gonna pick a few each week that are getting some some buzz or are just interesting for whatever reason, and uh, do do some over unders. So. For uh, for Hideki, right? We have a guy here. He's slipped out of the top twenty in the world um, this time. Like I guess it was three three years ago or four years ago. He was just winning everything. Like he won a couple of of fall swing events, and he was just crushing everybody. Um, that has certainly tapered off a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna set his over under this week uh, at. 19 and a half for finishing position so what are what are you thinking there you you think he's going to do better than that or you think he's going to uh so when i build when i'm building out my models right now i'm projecting the probability of a player being in the optimal lineup right so for me and i'm just gonna ask and see how this translates decky has the third highest probability of being in the optimal lineup amongst any golfer Okay. In this field, right? I have him at about twenty-two percent to being in the optimal lineup. Um, so I'm going to say uh, better than that nineteen and a half. Okay, so you're going under. Yes. Yeah, I think I think I'm going under. Also, he's it, it's it's always the ball striking with him, right? Like you know that he's going to bring seventeen putters and uh, try try and find one that's working for him this week, yeah. and it it doesn't always happen. But he's he's lost strokes on approach in only three events since August of twenty eighteen. So, in case you haven't seen the calendar recently, it's January of twenty twenty. So that's quite a that's a that's a year you know a year and a quarter at least. And there's only been three times that he's lost strokes on approach. And honestly, those three times were like minimally uh, losing strokes. So um, he did play pretty well in Asia. He had a couple of top five finishes at the Zozo and the CJ Cup. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that he goes under that as well. 
He's in my main lineup. Let's just say that. Well, there um, you go. Because you... I, I mean, because right now, you know, with data as it stands currently, um, I did fade Thomas and Simpson, and my top priced golfer right now is Decky. Well, there you go. So I, I feel like he can do well on an easy course like this. Um, he normally does. For sure. So yeah. and and if he can get over some of the putting woes, I, I think he'll be fine here. I like it. So what uh what say you about Joaquin Neiman? He's he's ninety three hundred. I set the over under at twenty five and a half for him this week. Uh, I think I'll go under there as well, right? I mean, he's I think he's definitely a strong golfer in this field, for sure. Yeah, um, I like I like the price too. Like ninety three hundred, I think is is super yeah. reasonable. Um. So in the in the the time that they've been doing this tournament in this way, where they have the two Hawaiian events, eighty five percent of the golfers who finish in the top ten at Kapalua have at least made the cut the following week. So he finished fifth last week, obviously at the Tournament of Champions. Um, so that's a check mark in his favor. And he's his power ranking score right now is um, about a stroke, stroke and a quarter better than like an average golfer. And guys that are in that group usually finish um, in the top twenty about thirty percent of the time. So you figure if we're if we're setting it at twenty five and a half, that gives us even a little bit more wiggle room. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go under there as well. And then the last guy that we're gonna hit is Chucky Three Sticks. So Charles Howell the third is $9,100. And Jason Sobel over at the Action Network uh, tweeted this out, which I just thought was, was like kind of shocking. So Howell is the all-time leading money winner at this event, and he has never won it. <laughs> so How's that happen? Right. So, <laughs> so basically, it's a combination of like literally playing it every time that it's ever been played, but also like you have to have, you have to have some good finishes in there, right? You can't just, you can't just be like T 64 all the time. Um, so I'm going to put him at 30 and a half because he is not, not necessarily coming in with, uh, with the strongest, uh, form currently, but, um, what, what are your thoughts on, on good old three sticks? I'll go under there, the under thirty and a half. Yeah, look at you. Uh, just you're just you're just a, a ray of sunshine uh, <laughs> in, in on a dark dark day. Uh, I, I am. Someone has to be. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go over here. So we'll yeah. we'll at least have we'll at least have something that we can uh, that we can sweat this week. He. I just feel like for me, he's gonna end up being in none of my lineups just because I'll find the 200 for Neiman every time. And I think that that's like, I wouldn't be shocked if he made the cut, obviously, but I, I think a, a top 30 finish is maybe a little bit of a stretch uh, with how much I like some of these other guys. But um, yeah, so I, I got that written down. Uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll keep up with this every week. And I'll uh, I'll update as the weeks go on, and we'll see how we do uh, head to head on this. Any uh, any other thoughts for Mister Howell before we? No, I I just think he's overpriced, kind of. Um, it's not crazy to roster him, obviously. I just nine a ninety one hundred Chucky three sticks is not 
ever something I'm comfortable with. <laughs> that is all. Yeah, I think that that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's jump down here to uh, JT and Sebastian. Um, I, I do. Band. Oh yes. Were you alive I, in the nineties? By the way, hardly. <laughs> I was born in ninety six, so like I, oh, I was alive, but not. I think it's ninety nine. All right, fair I enough. Like, so I was like, I was like shitting my pants though. So like, well, you know. yeah. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? It still happens every once in a while. Now, <laughs> I, was, but... I was still breathing and eating food. Then. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> yes, but um, no, JT. I think JT's a lot more reasonable than Sebastian. Sebastian, I think, is gonna be way over owned. Uh, relative to what he should be at. And JT's kind of around where he should be, at least as of right now, right? Because if I'm going to say posting around 10%, um, that's around where I have him, you know, his percentage of times he's in the optimal. Sebastian is just way off. Like I have him currently around 20%, and he has like an 8% chance of being in the optimal. Hmm. Just again, everything I'm looking at. So yeah, I, I, I am as it currently stands, I'm way off Sebastian Muniz or Mun- Muniz and, and very much. It, yeah. I just, we <laughs> need to correct me on that. We, we need to, uh, we need to let the new listeners in. Part of Evan's brand is mispronouncing, uh, mispronouncing names from uh, a lot of these golfers, whether they, no matter where they're from, they they could yes. be American, and and he's gonna he's gonna mispronounce them sometimes. So, uh, that was perfect for the first show uh, on the, on the new platform. Um, I I tend to I tend to disagree. I, I'm curious to see what um, I guess what your what your model is is spitting spitting out, or I guess accepting in as far as stats go. Like for me, he. Like there's there's definitely the inconsistency case to be made for for Munoz. I think he um, he good. obviously had the win uh, at the I guess it was the Sanderson over the fall, and but he he's sort of like on the ascent. I'll I'll have the graph in my article um, tomorrow. But the basically the power ranking um, he's been just going like up 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 and up, and he's about a stroke and a quarter better than an average golfer uh per round as of right now and he that makes him about a half stroke better than uh JT Poston for me um for the power ranking model so a little bit so worse we we disagree greatly okay is what you're saying yeah okay. um that's fine i'm just there there's also you know the, all of these things also depend on you know how much you're waiting recent form how much you're waiting longer term stuff because obviously you know these guys sorry i I, like i also want to weigh the fields that he's in like yeah he did well at sanderson he did well at rsm but like are these fields these good fields not really yeah i mean but like like poston hasn't poston hasn't done um i mean he was like he missed a cut at the Shriners. Like he, he's been doing. He did well at the RSM too. So, like he won the Wyndham. I guess it was uh, right before the playoffs started, which got him into the playoffs. And then he played the first first two events and missed the missed the Tour Championship. So, I guess those those would have been somewhat stronger fields. Um, 
Yeah, I I get it. I, I think I think that you can make you could probably spin it whichever way you want. For for the way that I look at things, um, most of the time the field strength stuff sort of balances itself out as time goes on. And both we have we have hundreds of rounds for both of these guys, so I'm not like I'm not overly overly concerned like uh, you know some of these younger guys who have like 36 rounds under their belt like then I'm then I'm like you know you really got to check it out but I I think it's probably a a pretty close like if they were if they were actually in a matchup at a book I think they would be reasonably close um but yeah I'll I'll take the other side on that as I uh as I look this up to see if there there's a head-to-head posted for them because that would be interesting to see I mean, if that's the case, I go post it all day. All right. If they've had that. Check it out. I mean, maybe we can make our little prop bets. Yeah. Our, uh, our, our friends, uh, my, one of my books doesn't have it up yet. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll tweet it out. If, if they end up, uh, getting put together at a book, I'll, I'll tweet it out and we'll, we'll see what the, uh, what we can work out for that. Um, and then just, <laughs> I'll have a, I'll have another, uh, one of these mid-range matchups between uh, Corey Connors and Mark Leishman. They're they're a little higher in the salary scale, um, and that'll be in the article tomorrow. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's hit some let's hit some uh, GPP plays. Some guys who maybe aren't getting as much buzz. Maybe uh, just we didn't get a chance to talk about them yet, even though they may be a little popular. Um, is there is there anybody? in the uh, more expensive tier that you think we would, uh, we would be making a mistake leaving out. Patrick Reed. Ooh, I know, I know everyone hates him for their, their own reasons. And I understand that, but at 10,800, how do we not at least consider him? Because he is a very talented golfer regardless of what you might think of him as a person. Oh yeah, no, he's, he's, yeah. he's a, an, an it's also the, person, but yeah, yeah no, it's also the question of, cause the data is always going to love a guy like this, but is he going to care? Cause he's in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, I, he, that's, he that's another factor. Showing, he had a good showing last week at, at the tournament of champions. I, I, I don't, I'm not really concerned about that as much. His, his numbers in general are uh like for me like sort of more in line with with Hideki and like Sung Jaeim than they are with I mean and again you're paying for these guys so they're not he's not as good obviously as Justin Thomas I think that's like not really that hot of a take um except maybe some maybe like some people uh in Louisiana or something think that that's a hot take but um yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. And if he goes under own, then there, there's always a case to be made for guys who are going to go a little bit under owned uh, just because the guys up at the top here have so much more win equity than like, you know, a, a $7,400 golfer or something. So I, I think yeah. that's a good call. I, I think that's fine. He he ha- obviously did play well last week. Um, so I, I think that's all right. Uh, anybody else up here that you think? Uh, that's the only take that I have. I like the uh, 10K and up price range. I have some, like, when we go below 9K, I have a few that are worth discussing. 
Yeah, so the the only other guy that I do want to mention is Morikawa. Uh, he's he's ten three. I do think that he's worth um, worth some consideration. I think you could probably, depending on how ownership ends up shaking out, I think Decky will probably be the lowest owned out of the guys in five figures. Um, but if for some reason Morikawa was to be like the second lowest owned in this range then I think he would I think I would play him over Reed uh if I was going there. But if Reed ends up being the second lowest, then the the game theory is is yeah. on his side. At least in single entry, because that's kind of where I lean towards right now. Um I I would kind of rank them I'd say Decky, then Simpson, then Reed, um, then Thomas, then oh. Eam. Or no, Morikawa then Eam. Scorching. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Again, only because I'm also just leveraging ownership here, right? Because yeah, so no, if ownership changes, then that, that ranking will change, right? That's like not, the role. Right. That's not, yeah. that's not a golf take. That's a, that's a DFS take. That's how I'm going to play a single-entry tournament this okay. weekend. Okay, I just I yeah. needed I needed that on the record, that you weren't saying that those guys are better than Justin Thomas. No, no, no. no. I, I just I, wanted everybody to realize that. <laughs> no, I have absolutely no evidence to suggest that any of these guys are actually better than Justin Thomas, like, in general. All right, good. But as far as this week, DFS is concerned. Yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah, th- those are the takes I have up, that, up top there. I mean, I have some I have some 8K takes. Hit me. All right. So, Brant Snedeker. Absolutely. Love it. He is 8600. I feel like that is at least $400 too cheap. Um has a I don't even think he's going to be 10% owned and he has like a 12% chance of being in the optimal. It's like how does how do like he's such a safe golfer. And, and if you're going to play at these at these high scoring courses or I guess in golf low scoring courses, like a guy like Brent Snedeker is just too easy. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I talked about him on the show uh, with uh, with Jason Rasslin over at at uh, Osimo. Um, he like when you have a par seventy, like under seventy one hundred yards, like you just play you just play Brent Snedeker. His if you if you take a look at the at the splits app over at Rotoviz, you can see um, you know how golfers do when. Uh, yardage or par or however you want to split up their performance. Uh, but if you do it for courses under 7,100 yards, he, he averages twice as many uh, strokes gained tee to green on these shorter courses than he does on the longer courses. So um, it's been a while since we've seen him, which is always a, a somewhat source of hesitation. Uh, but I, I, I do agree with you. I think that, I think that he's, um, likely underpriced for the for the cut equity that he can bring to your lineup and you know a top a top 20 finish would not would not shock me at all yeah like he has a ton of upside right and at this price he can he can pay that off yep right do you have any you have any other takes before i spit a few more um another guy that's sort of uh i I guess he's he's a fair bit cheaper at 7600 is is grio um He's another guy who has these just gigantic uh, splits when you're talking about shorter courses. And he actually averages over 70% of fairways hit and greens in regulation on these courses. And we're talking about like a significant sample over, you know, over 100 rounds of, of in both 
you know, both splits. So I feel pretty confident that it's a thing and not just sort of random noise. So he's a guy that from a ball striking perspective, I'm certainly always interested in. And uh, yeah, if you, if you catch him with a hot putter, then, then you're golden. But here's the question. Yeah. Do you want chalk Rio? I mean, cause that, how many times does, here's the thing. How many weeks in our PGA DFS existence has Emil, Emiliano Grio? He's not going to be po- that popular, is he? Like 15%? No. You think he's, he works though. And I, and I see him being talked about in some other pieces of content. So. I mean, if, he, if gonna he's going to be 15%, then, then maybe that's a different conversation. I, I, I think he's going to be chalky. Oh, because man. he, I think he's the most talked about guy in this price range, in his price range. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I, it makes I, you I think. I didn't really think that he was going to be that popular. Um. No, I, I'm looking at some, yeah. at my little uh, little preliminary stuff here, and I feel like what do you like it? Like Ryan Palmer. Don't take my like. Don't take my word. Like if your if your ownership data says otherwise, then play it. But like, what I I'm, think, what I looking at is. I, I think Palmer yeah. is going to be higher owned at $100 less. I think Lanto Griffin is going to get popular. Yeah. Um, people are talking themselves into Vaughn Taylor. I've seen some people tweeting out uh, like outrights on Vaughn Taylor because that's never a waste of money. Um, yeah, how many times have people done that? Yeah. <laughs> um, or actually, I feel like Daniel Berger would be – or Berger. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> can't with you i really yeah. can't i think he's gonna be at 73 i think he's gonna be i think he'd be around that same ownership level as uh, grio yeah i i think ownership is is gonna be reasonably flat i think a lot yeah. of these guys are gonna hit like 10 to 12 um and it's just you know if you have if you have two guys in this range and you hit on both of them like from 7,000 to like 7,700 i think that you're you're probably well ahead of the field because I think a bunch yeah. of these guys have like big bust potential. Oh, there's a couple chalky guys here I'm looking at. Well, I guess relatively chalky. I, I just find ridiculous. So like Abraham Answer at nine thousand at oh, at twenty two percent ownership. No, he's the hero, man. He's no. uh he's the the President Cup darling. So um, Brendan Todd at twenty percent, absolutely not. I mean, he won. He won like everything in December, you know. I, I'm glad he won in December, <laughs> but I'm happy for him. You know, he he won his money. No, but Todd. Todd's 8,300 is just just yeah. real quick. Like the the Brendan Todd thing is is actually like breaking my power ranking model because it's we're at the point now where like his last 12 or 16 rounds all include those like crazy performances and it's like it's skewing his score so much that I feel like I need to like manually, like I never do this and I never will, but it's like the closest I've ever been to like manually adjusting it just because basically with, with how well he played over that stretch, he is, let's see, he ends up third in the power ranking model for the field this week. Like that's, that's how good that little stretch was. And it's just overweighting, like every everything that we have like his last 50 rounds he's still like a stroke better than than the average golfer but over the last like 
12 rounds, he's like four and a half strokes better than the average golfer, which is just stupid. I get it. But like at the same time, I just don't trust no, I, it. I, such I, high I ownership. For sure. No, if, if he's, he's popular, if he's popular, he's an easy fade. Um, for sure. Uh, how about, how about any guys cheaper? Do you have any, uh, any like real dart throws that, that sort of I have a few out? guys I really like. All right, let's, what do you got? So how about Andrew Putnam? 8,000. That's not a dart throw. I'm talking like thousand. <laughs> oh. Get out of here. Like, I'm wait, talking, wait, what are you talking about dart throw? 6K. 6K. 6K? Somewhere in the 6Ks. The lowest I'm going in my lineup is Bryce Garnett at 69. Okay. I, I don't know. There's something about him. It's just, I like it a lot. He's, he's, I mean, no one's going to have him no. by any means. No. And he has been on a decent stretch as of late. Hold on, let me pull him up a second. I, I mean, he played well at the OHL. Um, he missed the cut at the RSM. Like he had, he had a few like top. Aside from the RSM, like he did well, okay at Safeway. He did okay in Houston, eleventh at the OHL, sixth at Wyndham. I mean. I mean, you're basically you're betting on if if you play him, you're hoping that all this ownership that ends up, uh, I, I feel like it's probably going to pool around like Graham McDowell. Um, yeah. You're you're just you're basically hoping like he busts and. Well, I'm hoping a lot of guys bust. Well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, how I yeah even even if you get, I don't know, like a thirtieth place finish and any of the popular guys in this range bust like you're you're golden like you're fine with him i it's probably a little thin for me like i i see i guess i see the thought process i don't he didn't really like pop for me in anything um but i you know i you're you're taking your stands i like it you're it's it's new year new ev exactly and then i you know one more of these low dollar plays He's seven thousand. Ryan Armour, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Ryan Armour. What did he do recently? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming into this event like thirty third in total strokes gained in the last year. Yeah, which is and which he is did well. Good for his his he, price. He I know. I'm screwing around. Yeah. He uh, it's well, just his putter recently. that's like, uh, he lost. I want to say like over five strokes a few times. Uh, just putting. He lost six strokes in Houston, which he still came in twenty third. Yeah. And lost five strokes at the Shriners, where he missed the cut. Yeah, and that's because his his irons were were off there. But yeah. um, the the RSM he sort of leveled out a little bit. Like twenty third is you know it is what it is. It's it's not amazing and it's not awful. But um, if he can if he can level out and play even like losing a stroke putting like one to two strokes putting he's probably he's probably fine but sometimes the bottom just falls out on the guy and and it's it gets very ugly very quickly yeah Um, i mean i i i feel like i'm taking some weird stands here yeah but i mean that's like literally your entire your entire brand so i mean what else i must take what more the one what was the one tournament last year um I mean, if we're had, if we're trying to say like a weird that you had in one tournament, yeah. I, I don't know. I know I, I had the winner. You you guys like shat on me, and you I won. I don't think that's true. 
I think it, this happened. No, I don't think so. I think kill Keith. About... Keith Mitchell. I remember this now. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, Keith Mitchell is the nuts, and you were like, F- you, Evan. <laughs> well, you're you're also talking. You're also talking about like this is your whatever of the show, yeah. and that was like the one time that happened. So yeah, um, because every time I say no, uh, no Lashley, no Cashley, or no Ches, no Cheddar. Yeah, it just back. They missed the cut gloriously, but they're both um, in the field this week. They are, and yes. uh, we're we'll we'll get to one of those guys momentarily in the oh, next yes. segment. Okay. Um, but real quick, just uh, uh, the last like the last guy that I'm I'm really like it's a dart throw, whatever. He's a guy who we don't have a huge sample on yet. Um, but Harry Higgs is a guy that I'm somewhat interested in. He's sixty seven hundred. He's uh, as far as like the six thousand dollar range. He has the best power ranking score right now, um, and he's been better than average through like all the time frames that I'm measuring this with. So um, I feel like he could be he could be pretty interesting this week. I, I doubt that he'll be uh, very popular. I think, like I said before, Graham McDowell is gonna is gonna soak up ownership, and he's only a hundred dollars more expensive. So, um, little dart throw, you're making, you know, 10, 20 lineups, throw them in one, see what happens. But, uh, I like him a little bit. All right. I like it. Good takes. All right. So let's, uh, let's hit our cash locks and we will, uh, we will get out of here. Just if you, if you are not familiar, uh, the cash locks are guys that we pick two each week. They are guys that we're willing to just like completely go all in on. If we're playing cash or single entry, they're definitely in those lineups. Um, if we are playing a bunch of GPP lineups, we would consider playing them at you know 100%, just literally going all in. We typically try to stay away from uh, five-figure guys. Sometimes yeah. it happens, but um, like saying Justin Thomas is a cash lock is silly because like that's yeah like whatever like you're you're not really you're not really going out on a limb there yeah um so do you, you have yours ready or you want to stall and oh, I got some guys oh boy I got two guys all right I mean I already talked about him right I mean I'm gonna go all in on Brant Snedeker and then as we should be saying on this show Ches Riavi is the absolute nuts <laughs> at eighty four hundred. I'm I'm very upset right now because Ches is is one of my guys too. And I'll, I don't, I'll, I'll just I say don't Putnam. I'll say happened. Andrew Putnam as well. Has that ever happened though? What do we have overlapping guys? I don't think so. This is like the fourth year of the of the show. I, we had to. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Ches Ches. We I was mentioning uh, you know some of these splits earlier. Um, he. He he ends up with like four and a half times as many uh, strokes gained tee to green on these shorter courses than on longer courses. He also, like Grio, has um, averaged over seventy percent greens and regulation and fairways. Yeah. Um, so on courses like this, so he's a guy who I'm very comfortable with playing on a short course like this. And then Sung Jaeim is the other guy who uh, I'm going to be prioritizing. I think that he is he is like very very close to a win. Um, he's fifth in the model this week, or sixth in the model this week, I should say, in the power ranking. Um, 
and typically, you know, typically those guys with his score um, end up in the top five, I think about like 12% of the time or 13% of the time. So Mm -hmm. he's definitely, uh, definitely a guy that I am looking actively looking to get into my lineups. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's good to be on the uh, the road of his airways. Uh, make sure you uh, if you are listening to this, you've obviously found it. But you know, give give us a retweet here and there. Let it, let everybody know that we're uh, we're in a new place. Um, the I was going to mention the listener league, but it is already full, so we'll have to uh, hashtag make it bigger next week. Um, but yeah, so make sure you uh, make sure you hop into that next week, or if you're in it already, good luck. Uh, you can find. Evan on Twitter at eChaney69. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And good luck this week. We will talk soon. See ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.